Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. My name is Father Stanislaw and I consider it to be a great privilege for me to break the word with you. We are in the third week of Easter and uh, the story of the disciples um, encountering Christ on their way to their village is really important to us and gives us an opportunity to grow in the awareness of what it means to be a Christian. But before we open the word, let's bow our heads and pray. May your people exalt forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit, so that rejoicing now in the restored glory of our adoption, we may look forward in confident hope to the rejoicing of the day of resurrection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were preventing, were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing about as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, what sort of things? They said to him, the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the woman had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening 
and the day is almost done. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. We enter into the third week of Easter, and we are still contemplating what happened not too long ago, the resurrection. And after 2,000 years plus, the church is still contemplating. We are all still trying to figure out what happened and what it means for all of us. But we know that there is a constant theme as we go through these stories where the risen Christ reveals himself to the disciples as being alive. Like we heard to the women who went to the tomb, Thomas, and now the two disciples. We are contemplating this and we are entering into a mood of the church which the preface of Easter uh, as a refrain gives us uh, to meditate on. Uh, through the entire season of, uh, that we are celebrating. And we are described as being in this state of paschal joy that overcomes us. There is so much joy as we meditate and reflect and welcome the message of the resurrection that the only reaction is so much joy that we are taken. Can you imagine that feeling? And I, it's a feeling that we are constantly looking for. And the liturgy tells us that we can find them when we are united with the risen Christ. So why is it that even though we know all these things, sometimes we don't feel this paschal joy? We are not overcome with paschal joy. That the resurrection comes and goes. Easter comes and goes. And we feel almost that mm, we are untouched by whatever we are celebrating. As I was preparing myself for this liturgy, I asked that for myself. And especially as we are going through these difficult times and the way we are responding in many ways from all sides creates a certain kind of reaction in all of us. I'm sure we can all understand that. And therefore, as I was re-reading and meditating on this beautiful story of the encounter of the disciples with Jesus on the way to Emmaus, uh, I tried to see how the gospel can help us out. First of all, this gospel passage is fantastic. It's full of movement and feelings and surprises 
and great realization. I hope that all of us will have time today to go back to this story so that we can enter into it and allow that story to speak to us and become alive in us. What do we see? After all that was happening with the first Christians, with the first community, two of them go away from the place where all these things were happening. They were moving away from Jerusalem, and they were moving away by talking and debating, okay? Imagine, I, for some reason, as I was visualizing the story, these guys were there in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, the more they debated, the more they were moving away, going back to the village, going back to the life without the resurrection. They are not missing anything. They have all the information they needed to celebrate, to wonder what is happening. But they were debating. Because, and, and I'm realizing more and more that whenever we do that, we move away from the place where Jesus says, peace be with you. When we do that, we elevate our opinions on top of what God is doing, and we can no longer experience Him as living in our midst. They were debating. We do that as a society, no matter what happens, no matter what we say, no matter, we have to fight. In the church is the same. No matter what the church says, we have to do our way. That's pride. Pride that tells us, I'm better than what happened. What God is doing is great, but what I think is better. And therefore, I'm going to debate and confront him and going back and forth because I want my way done. And what happens? We move away. And we no longer feel the joy of seeing Jesus written in our midst. You remember last Sunday, we saw the community gathered and they rejoiced. They were full of joy because Jesus showed them the wounds. Thomas was able to even make that beautiful proclamation. But when we want to do our thing, we move our way. And we no longer become capable of understanding. We cannot even recognize Jesus. But the best part is that in the midst of that, Jesus shows up. Those guys were so taken by the talking that they didn't realize that the guy was behind them. He approached them and said, dudes, what's going on? And it's beautiful that Jesus always engages us in the way, whatever it's going, that we're going through. Now, to tell you something, not only we, we want to let Jesus enter into our conversation, our debates and things, but also this happens also when we debate it with ourselves, right? Sometimes we're stuck. We are playing the same thing over and over again. Even at that point, Jesus wants to come in and he's inviting us to answer the question. What is going on? What are you talking about? You see, 
this is the, the, the first disciples here, they had, they repeat to Jesus that which sounds like a little creed that the first Christians had at that time. The guys had every piece of information, but they were not able to understand. Why? They were disappointed. God was not doing what they wanted. And they were arguing. And they tell this man, like, are you the only one who doesn't know? Sometimes Jesus sounds like a, a stranger, right? He brings in into a new point of view that makes us wonder, like, do you really think that this is going to work? You know, if you're out of this world, this will never work because we want to do it this way. And yet, the, these disciples tell Jesus about, Je about Jesus, about what happened, about what Jesus did. Even the first witnesses of the resurrection, they knew it, but they were not able to understand. I need water, thank you. <clears throat> so what happens? Jesus engages them, and he does something interesting to wake them up. Thank you. It's a live show, so things happen. <clears throat> okay. So what happened? Jesus engages them, but he says, guys, you, you want to talk all you want, but there is only one way that you can put all these things together and understand what Jesus, what God is doing. Seeing things from the point of view of Jesus. And he says, he calls them slow of heart. He calls them fool. Let me tell you, he is not saying, oh, you little silly disciples, you didn't get the point. He is insulting them. He is using very strong words in the Greek. And in that culture, those words, being called slow of heart, was big. But then sometimes those are the words that can make us wake up, right? Jesus brings them and he starts opening the words to them. And he's making them understand what this is all about. That God was doing something amazing. And then he's inviting them to be charitable, always to respond with love to love. He's moving away, and they invite him, say, hey, hey, stay with us. It's getting dark. Hospitality has always been very important. So they act, they, he, Jesus invited them to respond with love. Love is truly what makes us jump into the mind of God. We can have all the information we want. We can have degrees upon degrees, opinions upon opinions, and all there is but it all becomes alive when we act in love. And they offer Jesus hospitality, but it is Jesus that brings them to a place that they had no idea they were invited to, into the Father's heart. Jesus breaks the bread, and the moment he does it, it clicks. It becomes obvious to them what this was all about. And they become aware. It says, Weren't we not on fire when he was preaching to us, when he was telling us what the word says? And that's how we can recover that paschal joy if we are missing them. That's what we can do 
to stop the bickering. That's what we can do to quiet the pride that tells us, I want to do it my way no matter what. It's allowing the Word of Christ, the Word of God, to remain dominant and allowing the gospel to shape the way we think so that we can understand what God says and recognizing Jesus, risen and alive in the events that are happening to us. This story invites us to become aware of the gift of Christian life, but it invites us also to respond it. And with love, in love, and through the love that we have for Jesus and one another, we are invited to make this beautiful step to, on the way, becoming witnesses that something amazing is happening to us, that we are now seeing things from the point of view of the cross and resurrection of Jesus, and we are witnesses that when we do this, we discover Christ alive in us, in our midst, and only this we can give to the world. What a great opportunity we have this week to really reclaim the centrality of the Word of God, the centrality of the sacraments, and we want to say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm feeling downcast. I'm feeling I lost the Paschal joy. Whatever it is that we are going through, God is allowing us to reclaim it. All it takes is us saying in humility, yes, Lord, here I am. I come to do your will. Thank you so much for listening to the word with me. I ask you to continue to pray for me, for all the priests, as we are praying for all of you. And together we can continue to ask God to help us to go through this pandemic, but most especially to, um, to give the grace to all those people who are working for it so that we can bring it to an end. I'll talk to you soon and let's continue to move heavenwards to live the truth in love. God bless. Bye-bye.